welcome back to another edition of the Talking Basketball Podcast. I am Mark. I am Paul, and it is in the morning, Mark, our first morning ever podcast. Morning glory. And I have got a guest for you. How good is this This guest, it does not get bigger, Mark. Would you use the word legendary? Legendary, godfathery, father figure. Yes, that's that's how I describe. Should I just go straight into it? Let's get straight into it. I mean, I've got to do a bit, a little bit of mixing here, so this could all go horribly wrong. This is where it goes wrong. So look, oh, what a great mix. That. Everyone's listening; they're used to us by now. It's just, it's just an, a catalogue of errors. Push that back up. Yeah, now stand and cheer for your Godfather of Portsmouth basketball, Eman Davies. Hey yo, man, yo, how you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I didn't really know how to really take that. I've heard you have a podcast, <laughs> and I've heard you. Not know the it. first time I've heard that. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to. Hey man, you are the godfather of ports of basketball. That's godfather. how we put it out. I, I mean, I don't know about that. There's a handful of people. I mean, you got to say what Mick Byrne, yes, Emmanuel Davis, yep. Simon Cattell, yep. Alex Byrne. Yeah, I'll say Steve Davison mm-hmm. as yep. well. You put him in there. I will say, honourable mention, Matt Birch. Yeah, Matt Birch, he Matthew did a lot Birch, of work, didn't he? He did a lot of work, yeah. So before Simon came onto the scene, it was pretty much me and him. And yeah, he he kind of kind of paved the way for me to do what I needed to do. Yeah. Really. Well, Mark, E-Man has flown all the way from Norway just to do this podcast. Does this count as international? I think it does. Yeah, it does. Got, it does. got to. This yeah. is an international podcast. Well, he's flown. Yeah, how long does it take to get from Norway to that's how eager Portsmouth. people are to speak with us yeah Abs- flew over absolutely <laughs> <laughs> hey, and he he, he he gave us gifts I'm, yes I'm looking back at some this. rising ballers tops oh yeah beautiful yeah, rising really baller wear yeah I appreciate what you guys do you guys are doing hey, we appreciate job. that that's great I, so. I do especially because it gets really cold in here so that's nice yeah <laughs> and I love, that is my hey, second I'm wearing trousers today hey that's your first three thing as well like that's is. my like second or third now. Uh, did you hear about the KFC? I heard about the KFC. Yeah, so I just randomly bought your not extra r- KFC. It's not random. No, no, no. no someone who was working random. there. No, no. What? <laughs> like, I just think he had a he had a soft spot for you. you no, know, I was, you're convinced. I was <laughs> talking. I was talking. I was talking to the lady, and then this head popped up. Hello, Paul. How are you doing? So, thanks. Oh right, so, yeah. he knew. Okay, he knew. So okay. yeah, so um, excites him stuff like that. Hey, you know, take it, Mark. Welcome, welcome to the club. Oh no. You're getting merch. Well, if I'm going to get merch from anyone, I'd get it from me, man, any day. Yeah. That's the KFC. But they can buy. They can buy this. Is, is this purchasable? Nah, that's that's limited edition. Now. Limited. Limited. limited edition now. Nah, creme of the creme. We're not wow. selling that stuff no more. Wow. Yeah. Exclusive. Well, E-Man, look, you've come all the way from Norway, and yeah. you had your first ever Portsmouth Force experience last night. Let's yeah, let's talk about that. Like, we, we've not. Re- what what was your take on the whole thing? First of all, like just walking in was like, I don't know, it's, it's what we've been working for really um, when we first started. It's kind of division with Matt Birch and like trying to kind of get, just get the city um, kind of incorporated with basketball, really just create that environment. So when I was here, we had different pockets. So we had the smugglers, we had 
Navy. We had um, Fury. Why did you say Fury third? Fury. <laughs> That's first. It's got to be your first one, you say. Yeah, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. There were lots of different. There were, there were lots of different purposes of basketball, and then you had different sessions like the grand, like Saturday morning session. Yep. Of course, the Fury sessions on a Friday. It was Tuesday and Friday, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, yeah, Saturday morning was like the one where like that's where I met Rob and the other guys there. So and um, the two the guys that went yeah. as well. So and but nothing was really bringing it all together, really. And then. Yeah, um, then when I started with the coaching in the schools, we really thought we wanted that to gel everything together. And I was playing for smugglers at the time. I mean, you were playing for smugglers as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then that was up at Mount Batten. Mount Batten sitting there. So we oh, tried yeah, national, this National League. National yeah, League, yeah, 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 National League, yeah. So, um, so we tried to kind of get kind of a following there. So I tried to get the school kids coming up. Um, I don't remember one game. I think we played... What it was where we, they actually brought out the bleachers, yeah, yeah, and we got a load of school kids there from I, like North End. I'm fairly confident that was the game Ryan Payne went off for like 36 points, probably. I'm fairly confident because he was talking about that. I'm sure that was the game. I know the bleachers came down, yeah. I want to say it was against Bogner, nah, could it was, be wrong. I think it was, it was probably Trailblazers, or they were, not, were they in our league? Solent, so I think um, in the first season. The, the derby was Bogner in the second season it was Solent I think it was Trailblazers yeah. yeah I think it was that Trailblazers game okay yeah I think so um, but yeah so bringing the kids into that that was the kind of division I was like yeah we need to kind of build on this but we just didn't get the chance to really and then walking in like yesterday to the game it was just really nice to see a load of kids from different age groups playing for the club there with their parents with their friends and linked up with the university as well yeah it was just it was pretty much what we wanted yeah really like really 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 impressed i think that's a testament to where your focus is as well you man the fact that you're saying the first thing you come in when you see is the kids and then how many new people are adopting the game and yeah. wanting to play and stuff yeah that's you know which is i guess that's echoed all the way through with with your with your journey with, with basketball because it's always been about coaching people coming through rising ballers mm. the brand everything it's all about uh, keeping it sustainable yeah but unsustaining basketball and rising everyone up that's it that's it and just giving like giving basketball a platform where you can come and play and you can just come and enjoy and like just be entertained as well really so that was the um the main thing which i really liked yesterday there was a uh, i actually got a clip from um slight tangent but from I can't remember who it was now I think it was Teesside one of, one of the basketball teams um, so shout out to them but they'd actually looked at some of the Sport England like stats Teesside Lions? Yeah I think it was That might be Surge It might be but they what over. they were saying was the, the rise of engagement base and everything um, in Gen Z from the 18 to 20s now mm -hmm. and you can see there basketball's gone up to fourth from wow. where it from where it was where was it uh it was way down there like maybe not in the 20s well wow. and it's gone up and then it then got to 12 by the size of the engagement base mm. so it's 12th in the size of engagement base but the actual 
in terms of engagement base just in that small fracture it's gone right to like fourth place and you've got like football boxing formula one then basketball yeah but what's number five paul just want you to read that out oh no well, that's questionable, Mark, because I don't think badminton's an actual sport. Number five, badminton. It's up well, there. It's, it's behind basketball, isn't it? Below. So, is it a sport? It's got a star next to it. It's you know, I'd put badminton in the same category as. Oh, I'm, how many people can I upset with the, these statements? I put it in the same category as darts, golf, <laughs> cricket. Keep them coming. Oh, have you played badminton? Squash. Have you played badminton? That is not real sports. Have you played badminton? <laughs> no, I've not. Okay, there we go. I, no. I, I, got, I, I can't be an advocate no. for the badminton players because <laughs> I understand the street, but still. Like. <laughs> but I know what you mean, just going back about the, the, the comparing us playing National League to last night. Was I remember, and I, funny enough, I commented on this to someone, uh, to one of the players, actually, Israel Bello. I was talking to him about it just before the game. And I was saying, look, when we were playing in Div 2 National League and we were in a semi-final of the playoffs, mm. I think we had like a, you know, a, a capacity, not a capacity, we had the most people kind of watch us and it was like 40 people. <laughs> and then you get in a Ports of Force game and they're averaging <laughs> 350 for Div 3. And it's like, Average, I wish yeah. we had that 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. Thing is, we, we did like for a couple of games, like, I remember when I did, um, I really went hard with the school projects in the top, uh, top of Nor uh, not Norway, the top of Portsmouth, North End, really, and really got the kids down. We gave away loads of free tickets. I think we had like probably 100, 200 people, 200 kids. Wow. Okay. There were some games yeah, where bleachers came Yeah, out. that's it. And I think we had bleachers both sides. We did have bleachers both sides, yeah, really, because we were expecting that amount of kids. Really, it's just that it just needed that consistency. Yeah. Really, because when those schools fell off, like we didn't have anything for, like let's say the under 11s and the 10s, substantial enough just to keep them coming to the game. Yeah. Really, and I didn't really have the energy to keep going to the schools and recruiting. Yeah. All, all the time, really. So, but like, like Mark said, it's like that's what I saw when I came in. Of course, your facility that you've got is amazing. Everything is. That's what I think it's a godsend. We've been trying to get that for years. Yeah. Really, and it's finally happened, and you took advantage of it. So. What do you think of the fact they put bleachers just on one side? Not good. And that they don't have a like middle court. Yeah, not good. No, it's it's Did it missed opportunity. Very for for sports with that size. Yeah, because I, th I think for basketball it's a missed opportunity. But yeah. from them, I mean, it's probably just the, the numbers, isn't it? It's just the finance uh, of it, isn't it? Uh, they would pick. They would pack it out. I mean, we we had on on the last show. We just had the it was the NBL Div One team. They had over a thousand people. It was the Essex Rebels, wasn't it? A thousand and seventy-seven people. Mm. Yeah. But I just got that stat here: two hundred thirty-two thousand people uh, over over sixteen play basketball at least twice a month in the UK, according to Sport England, and that's just based on them doing surveys. Okay. Um, Fifty thousand plus in low socioeconomic areas. Twenty-seven percent of the total females play at least twice a month as well. Uh, eight eight hundred thousand boys and four hundred thousand girls playing in the game. Wow. And they, they're saying there's like 670 affiliated clubs across the national leagues, mm. 34,000 licensed members. I mean, that and, and a thousand plus coaches. It, like, it's that's all BE stuff. And it's nice seeing that that's a whole thing. And it's all slowly lifting up. And that's basketball's always been growing. Like, it's one of those, and we all know this, it's one of those sports where it's the easiest sport to play. All you need is like, 
pool. Yeah. You don't even need a hoop because if you just have a pool, you can just work on your skills, work on your dribbling skills on your own. And then if you've got a hoop, like that's it. You don't need anyone else to kind of play with. You can just work on your own game. Really. And I think um when working with schools and even now, like if they've got in a schoolyard, if they've got like a basketball hoop right there and um you give those kids a ball, they're playing basketball. They may not even know how to like dribble the ball or whatever. They won't even know how to pass, but they're just they're just playing really, and that's kind of the beauty of it. And I think um, that's one of the fast. That's why it's, I feel it's one of the fastest growing sports because it's easy to kind of participate in. And I think BE or England Basketball Basketball England they've like taken advantage of that in the last few years and really built up with the Project Swish stuff yep. the 3x3 stuff they're really trying to knuckle down kind of on that concept what would you personally think is a, a good thing that schools could do for example to help embrace basketball that's not I want to say not lo low overhead but are there like obvious things that they could tweak because um, you, I mean, you see some of the, um, I think it's SBB, and they put on stuff about check out the UK courts, and some of the courts are like they've got grass growing on them, and you know the hoops are hanging sideways and all those sort of things. There's obvious things you can do maintenance-wise, but what is it about? Because Rob, I know Rob said one of the things that kids just want to try stuff, and mm -hmm. kids just like playing. Yeah. So you just give them the ball, and then off they go. Yeah. Um. But how do you get that engagement and keep them engaged? And that is, are there things you think that schools can do? Um, it really depends on it depends on a lot of things. It depends on the environment. It depends on the resources that schools have. But I think generally, it's just giving kids a platform just to play. So uh, in the schoolyard, if they've got basketball hoops, yeah. just make sure basketballs are available, really, and you just watch them play, really, and then from there. That's where the resources come in. Like, if, um, I know when I started playing basketball, I didn't really um, basketball wasn't my first sport. Yeah. It was track and field. I and I played football, rugby. I played a lot of sports, but track and field was my first sport. But my gym teacher, he was enthusiastic about basketball. So of course, when he sees like a little bit of talent or a little bit of um, potential, he'd be like, "Yeah, let's let's." He's kind of encourages the kids. So I feel that's kind of the main factor that will keep these kids going. Um, because when I've gone into schools and worked with schools, I will go in for like two, three weeks and I'll be encouraging the kids. But then the school needs to kind of continue that, really. And they don't really need to coach it themselves. They just need to be like, yeah, you should join this team. Okay. And then follow up and be like, oh, did you speak to the team? You're really good. That kind of gives the, the kid like a sense of accomplishment to kind of want to do better. And then that's how they bring their friends in. So is the key in that cycle something like the fun fundamentals? where yep. there's a crossover between this is what's happening in schools mm. and this is what's happening outside of schools because a lot of our history was outside school from a basketball perspective not necessarily in it shout out to jerry archer but other than that you know jerry much. archer was a bloody legend legend he was yeah our pe teacher oh, really? he was really he was mr basketball so he yeah. loved it and he was super about the fundamentals and, 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 that's and our school team was yeah. we had a, in our year we had a really good team he just had he had two players playing for portsmouth he had two players playing for hampshire so mm. we just had a very good team so, well. yeah but, mate, but that's what i'm talking about you've got that recess um, resource in the school yep and like, but then um, we were doing Saturday mornings at the same time, and that yeah. was the real feeder because then 
then the rubber started fury and then then that was his feed into play and then you were going national league at that point and mm. i didn't score anything anyway i was just jumping and catching <laughs> stuff so I, I didn't i never needed a hoop anyway <laughs> <laughs> well, i mean e-man this is probably this is something like you know going back into your history so this is like so where did it come where did it go so you were getting into the game but at what point did you start like becoming this i guess one of the first proper chairman of Portsmouth basketball oh, chairman. because that's that's <laughs> the only way i can describe it because you had mick doing his thing all the different entities and you went right i'm going to go into the schools and i'm going to coach and mm. then correct me if i'm wrong but did you you started up the fun and fundamentals like the, i mean i think originally it was like under 12s or under 14s or something wasn't it yeah i don't think it was the fun and fundamentals that you have now um i know we probably did a project uh, yeah we probably did a project like a pilot project just to see how kids um kind of attached to the whole idea but the main thing was um this is where the rising ballers came from it's kind of getting kids off the streets giving them positive activity Right. Right. I never thought of the word rising ballers until you said it like that. It's it's the youth. That's what I was saying earlier, like that the whole thing's rising up because it's, oh. it's starting from the ground. That's, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. You know, that's why when he came in, the first thing he's looking at is not how fantastic all, all, all of the audio is that, that is going on and all that stuff. Hmm. Hey, you didn't mention the audio. No, I was waiting for him to come up on that. It's going to be a sore point. He's going to be upset. Don't that. worry, mate. Don't worry. But the first thing he notices <laughs> is check out how many kids are here enjoying the yeah. sport and mm -hmm. wanting to be involved yeah like, that's what that's his route that's where he's looking all the time yeah and, and and i think that's that's very very important and um because those guys are the future yeah like um watching the game yesterday the players there which when i was coaching um they were like in secondary school like look at <laughs> i think gaith who was one of them towards the end um, look i E-Man's going to rattle for a couple of names now, and I think it's brilliant when he's now watching them play National League. Yeah. One of them BBL, or was BBL, um, and he was coaching them. He yeah. started them on their on their basketball journey. Go on, E-Man, go through the, this list. Yeah, so let's say just last night, um, so Gaith, one of them. So Gaith was a little bit older, but he was, I think he was still at private school at year 11, or year 10, year 11. I think he was in the, was in the same year as Luke Sanders. He was around there, wasn't he? Yeah. He's around there. I think bit. Luke might be a bit younger. Yeah. So, um, who else was that? Harry Bates. So, little Harry. So, played with his big brother, Matt Bates. And little Harry was still in, still at primary school as well. Yeah. Um, Matt Bates Nash in the National League team, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the National League team. Um, who else was there? Jordan. Jordan. Um, Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker, yeah. Mr. Buzzer Beater. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> e -man, he, hit, he hit really he hit buzzer beat a first game this season from just inside the half wow i think it was the end of the half or third my quarter guy. boom my God. Yeah, proud. Yeah. you know what it was an away game in the cup as well and what i thought was bizarre was the commentator went Plymouth. jordan walker for free it's in <laughs> i was like they're the away team. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, it's it's great, but I just I don't know. Yeah, I just, you'd have gone with the Jordan Walker. I am Jordan Walker <laughs> for three pedestrian. Wow. Keep it beige. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's like I'm not going to. No yeah. feeling on this. Anyway, so sorry. Go on, Jordan Walker. Yeah, that was Jordan Plymouth Walker. again, wasn't yeah. it? I think. Um, who else was there? Last little night? Morgan. Yeah, not little, little Morgan. Morgan. Not, not anymore, is he? Like no. little shy Morgan. Like didn't want to touch a basketball at the Fury sessions. Yeah. Now look at him playing National League. 
Yeah. And then there's other guys who are not there, like um, Adam Riabi as well. Um, I think he was one of the first in the Rising Border Sessions. And he came out a young... Like I think we started the session for under 12s. And he was came at eight years old. Yeah. Yeah. So and he loved it. Adam Riabi, Mark. Sorry, he's the one that identified... You remember, I mentioned him. So when the yep. Ports of Force started going Div 3, I... Uh, I Facebooked him and went, Adam, we're starting a Ports of Force team. Would you be interested in playing National League for the Force? And he was like, um, yeah, I really appreciate the offer, but I'm playing for the Surrey Scorchers at the moment in the BBL. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, but that, that's what I, I really like about Adam is, you know, he could have gone, whatever. But he actually replied back and went, I really appreciate it, but I'm playing BBL. But uh, I really appreciate it. You didn't do your homework because... This is where I'm playing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but, so Adam, so, but his brother one played. One of his didn't first he? coach, Zach. Yeah, yeah. Zach Riabi. Yeah, I remember Zach coming up when he was like little, tot, yeah. tot, little kid. I think when I left, yeah, yeah, I ran kind of a session. You're right. Fun and fundamentals. We called it Rising Stars. Rising Stars. Yeah. We called it Rising Stars. It was when at Portsmouth College every Saturday. Wow getting dust in his old memory off. yeah wait like since coming back to Portsmouth I'm just seeing different things that's just triggering little things right? yeah Portsmouth does trigger people definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> PTSD yeah absolutely but I mean I know E-Man doesn't look at himself like that but that's no. what that's why we look at E-Man like this is because he was doing all these sessions and then you left to go to Norway Simon comes in continues those sessions it mm. grows just mm. grows what he goes rob comes in yeah it keeps growing and then all of a sudden i'm i think we were doing um i think we were looking at going right we're not a million miles away from a national league team and i think they went they got to a point oh, maybe it was national league under 14s under 12s but then as the years go Right, we now got a national league under 16s. Right now, we got a national mm. league under 18s, exactly. and it's filtered all the way through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden, we got a national league men's team. That, Brilliant. That's amazing. I've been following like um, for the last few years, and I've just been amazed by the kind of just the way the club has really developed. And yeah, of course, it started with um, Simon with the girls. And I know when he left, the kind of girls' program kind of went down a little bit there. But Steve Davis picked it up. And I think I actually came over when he started um, just to visit and I saw the session at Portsmouth College just when they used to run those open sessions at Portsmouth College. And I was like, Yo, this is this is awesome that we've actually got boys coming in. Because um, when me and Simon started, um, we I didn't really give him the responsibility for girls and he didn't really take it. It was just that it just happened, really. So he was like, okay, he'll run the girls and I'll run the boys. I think that was because he was at Solent Starts. Ah, uh, okay. Coaching at someone starts. Yeah, 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 so. yeah. He, he, yeah, he did. He, he taught the girls team there. So he did a really good job, like really trying to get the girls together and running like grassroots girls projects while I was dealing with the boys. And they were a good team because I remember uh, refing some of those games and thinking, "Oh, right, they're a good team." But they were they were up there in the national league standings at like under fourteens, then under sixteens. And you're right, when he left, hmm. it kind of it just went. I think half the team went over to the Kestrels. Okay. Um. And I don't know what happened to the other half, but I mean, you're talking about players like um, it's Faye, wasn't it? Yeah, Faye. Yeah. She, she's now uh, WBBL. Yeah, yeah. Underlines. Um, yeah. 
So there's, you know, when they're, you, when they're you trying talk to about do the women's team, aren't they? In the force. They have got a women's team in the force now. Yeah. There is a women's team, um, but it's going for a couple of age groups are kind of pulling together. Mm. But, you know, you know, they're not bad. They're not bad. They've got a couple of good players there. It's just they need more players of certain age groups and then yeah but that's what you're saying like you need to fill those that 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 team becomes this team becomes that team and Mm. they all grow together don't they yeah Mm. i think what we're all looking forward to is a a women's nbl team i think that'll be quite quite nice and also you have the the university team feeding that's true a lot as well that's true because you've got a lot of university players in the men's team yes yeah so that's a really good partnership there yeah, I mean, I do, I do. My, Double-edged my, sword, isn't it? Yeah, my mm-hmm. biggest worry with, um, with um, university players is there's a lifespan on that player. So in three years' time, you've lost that player. So mm-hmm. we've got a couple of good players at the moment, and it's like, well, they're going to be gone in a year, two years, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I think it's so valuable that the under-18s, the under-16s start getting to the point where your main players are the local players and yeah. the university is supporting that. I get that. Unless we pay them with dongs. Dongs, yeah. Vietnamese dongs. Vietnamese dongs. We we, we, we bought Alex Grant out. We gave him a contract. He gave him a contract with dongs. What? Yeah. Was it? We changed the currency, Vietnamese dongs, because oh. we didn't have to pay. So we gave him 12.2 million Vietnamese dongs, oh. which worked out to be like 20 quid or something. Okay. He was happy with that. He was yeah. happy. Yeah. He didn't sign the contract, so we haven't paid him. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. His last. But he's still, he's still here. Playing. Yeah. <laughs> he's still oh, here. Fair enough. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, what, what were your thoughts about the actual team itself? You know, they got that 97 78 win last night against the Bracknell Cobras. I mean, third quarter, Bracknell came back, brought it. Did they? T- oh, I don't want to say that. I think they brought it back to win yeah, three. That, yeah, it was within three. Like, um, I didn't really get a chance to kind of um, watch the game fully because I was just catching up with everybody really and just um but then when i saw we, we were up by say, 20 points up by yeah. 20 then up by it got under four yeah yeah it was I like three was points three. i looked up i was like one blink and miss um, it sort of thing i think it was 50 53 i think wow and then we just thought yeah ports have just kind of stepped down a gear really and Bratnell was just taking advantage, advantage of the situation but then talking again look at the scoreboard we're up, up again by 20 then 30 and then I was like wow okay but then I think it's just the momentum I f- um, at that level division three it's uh it's literally a game of highs and lows yeah really so it really depends on the momentum of the team of how they're going to perform we saw that last year definitely when you got a few big Zachary Abbey actually hit he kept the big threes last year and it those and the momentum of the team was going then he hit a couple of threes the crowd was really behind it mm. and then it was like they picked their skirts back up and then suddenly mm. they're, they're back in the game again they were like 10 15 down now they're within three mm. now yeah. it's just a game of each end and exactly. who's going to miss and that made a big difference yeah. johnny phillipson with some big threes yep. last night um <laughs> i think that's probably the loudest i've heard the crowd this year yeah. oh really yeah i okay. think so i mean wow. we've had um Again, I think I think there's some you know new supporters coming, so it's learning how some of the you know how to be a crowd in, mm. in a, a basketball game. And then the last week there it was a loss, so you know what it's like. The atmosphere yeah, just no. goes. Yeah. Um, and then this week, yeah, you know what? The one thing with Johnny's shot, I think, is really interesting. He's got a really high arc, Massive. really high arc yeah. on his shot. 
Um, he's picturing Wemby in front of him. He's just lying on a front. Yeah, hey, no, no, no one's it goes so high. No one's getting that. But um, hey, he was on fire. He's on fire with his shooting last night. So your first Portsmouth Force experience, good? You're happy? It was good. It was good. I have to comment on the audio and oh. the ent- entertainment. I wonder, I wonder who did that. I need to. <laughs> hey man, that was me. Oh, oh really? Oh wow. I, I don't know, Paul. Talent. It like someone fluffing him up, blowing a little smoke his way. Loves it. it was actually really frustrating yesterday because I was trying to reposition myself to the side of the court. Okay. Because it's sometimes when a foul was called and the referee's going up to the table and they're mm. doing the hand signals, like showing numbers, or I, I see an angle of that. So mm. it's difficult for me to see. So, so I'm I just like, need to check at this point if you're two meters apart just for the runoff. Oh, and it, yeah, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's it's just it's a little difficult where I am in that corner yeah. to, to do it. Um, I mean, in a perfect situation, I think we would be sat next to like the table. <laughs> you tell me what your perfect situation. That is. would be you'd your be perfect there. situation is no. Yours would be a a, a box. Yeah, glass a bo- box. A glass box. Oh, perfect. Above that would be ideal. Sealed away from everyone, so no one can talk to him. No one can interrupt him. No yeah. one can ask a question. Where's this? Are you doing that? Can I just like <laughs> leave me alone? Give me the names. You know, it's, it's like the court reception. Yeah, oh. <laughs> no, yeah, it is. A little bit. You say <laughs> that, but it is, and that's why they tried, like last night. They tried to block off the doors because before that, it was just it was a much much easier last night. Oh, um, okay. But my biggest challenge in a game, and this is, I mean, I don't know if you see, but I write down all the player names, mm. and like I, I'll put their name because normally on the score sheet it just says like E Davis. Yeah. So I'll write their names out. Um, so Portsmouth was done 45 minutes before tip off. So I'm brilliant. Okay. The away team turn up late and he hands the the names of his team four minutes before I'm doing the introductions. So I'm sitting <laughs> there writing these names out and literally I always go to the coach and write what's his first name? Okay, what position does he play? You don't want me to say positions. Okay, cool. Right. Um, and also the, the little secret I have, I always say, is anyone associated with Portsmouth? Because when I'm doing the away team, I'll be quite monotone. Like, like num- and number 12, Emmanuel Davis. However, if they're affiliated with Portsmouth, I'll be monotone until it comes to that player who's associated with Portsmouth. And from Portsmouth University! And uh, yeah, so... Um, so as I finished it, the ref's gone, eh. seven minutes, we're going. And I'm like, oh, oh. walking over. And so when you're reading these names for the first time mm. live, it's just like, oh, come on. And you like to butcher a name as well, don't you? He enjoys that. It's like, how do I say this? Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Just go for it. Oh, Wing it. Yeah. It's like, this is a what first personal wrong? foul for... <laughs> that happened like a lot last, last week night. on the podcast, and you're like, "What is that guy's name?" I was like, "Cock," and he's like, "Oh no, I've written it that. wrong. It was an, it's, a, it's Koch. Yeah, Koch." It's like, "Dude, you're writing no." <laughs> but that that's that is actually the biggest challenge. And if that's my biggest challenge, it's not too bad. I, I, I think it did a good job this thing. Thanks, mate. I think it was it was good. Yeah, all new all new music last night. Oh, really? Yeah, I think people are getting a bit bored of the same songs for a whole season. (laughs) So I put 60 new tracks in there. What I don't understand, and last game, 
someone said, could you change some of the music? Because they'd Halloween themed it mm -hmm. and had some upbeat music that uh, all the crowd and everyone really liked. Mm -hmm. Some of the players were like, oh, we just want to listen to some of our normal tunes. And the two problems we have with that is one, that it's nothing to do with you, so jog on. And secondly, you're wearing headphones anyway and listening to your own stuff. So what does it matter what's being playing for the yeah. I couldn't. I didn't get it. The more I thought about it, I thought that's just... Yeah, the music's for the... Um, it's the atmosphere. That's the, what it's for. For the spectators. Uh, absolutely. You, you're that. hyping people up. That's fine when mm. they're doing the, the pre-warm-up. Mm. But once you go to the change room, once you're coming back out and it's like right now we're game time, we're coming yeah, out. Yeah, you get your, head, your head's in the game. Your head's in the game. Yeah. Everything. That's it. This is all for atmosphere. This is nothing yeah, to do with it. It's nothing else. to do with, with the players. And that's the thing, like, you, what you've done, you've really... Um, you're trying to trans, transcend in kind of the whole mindset behind entertainment and basketball it is a it's a it's a package yeah. so you're going for an evening's entertainment that exactly. you're not just you're, watching the exactly. game and it gets you can see people who have taken their kids there mm. the kids are really enjoying it and you can see the people like i'm actually quite enjoying this because mm. the atmosphere the atmosphere yeah. and everyone's cheering yeah. or or booing no, <laughs> there was some booze yesterday it was quite funny <laughs> i don't know why but but before like we, like when when we used to play people we used to have our own players playlist yeah so the the music was for the players just to get hyped yeah really and um i was saying this to sarah yesterday it's like in division three you don't get many teams who, which have the same setup i think the only team that i knew had the same kind of setup in that lower division was um the pirates in bogner Bogner, they had that set up. They yeah. had the bleachers out and they had the entertainment, even cheerleaders and everything else really for Division 3. So, like, I remember when, because I played for Bogner as well. I think that's toning down at the moment. Is it? Like, when we played them away last year, I was like, oh, well, there's like 20 of us turned up to watch the game. Mm. And I thought, well, there's more Portsmouth supporters here than yeah, yeah, yeah. But previously, like the season before, yeah, that was rammed. Yeah. yeah. So they used to have a really good, um, well, pretty much trying to do what well, doing what you guys are doing here in Portsmouth. But the thing is when teams, away teams, especially like Bracknell or London teams come, which are just used to having like chairs or benches on the side for yep. spectators to watch, when they come into an environment like that, it's like, they're like, whoa. Yeah. It puts, oh, it definitely puts people off. Yeah. Like last night, there was a good few people taking free throws and the crowd and the noise, they, they, they definitely yeah, yeah. bricked them and did not like well, it. I would say big shout out to the Bracknell Cobras coach he's a fat and i've been waiting for someone to do it because obviously the music i'm playing is who are you like by the who so it's saying yeah. who okay. are you as i'm saying and their names none of them came out they Mate. just stayed in the huddle and i was like well done that's the first coach is he, he's gone right we're doing it our way rather mm. than we're going to you know follow I saw the that. show I, so I, I actually thought that was really good. Oh, him. really? Yeah. I thought that was good because he was keeping his players' mindset in the game. That is true. Okay, I get That's that. That's what yeah, I, I thought. Yeah. Clever coach. Yeah. 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 Of waiting for someone to Because otherwise you bait in. Bait yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll go along with this. It's like, well, you're I've been waiting a season, yeah. a whole season. I've not seen it yet. And he was the first one going, no, nope, we're, we're staying in our huddle. Mm. You know, practice your dribbling and stuff like that. Screw all this. This is a three-minute show for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I liked their kit. But what I don't understand is they had some parts that had the black panelling and some had the white panelling. Yeah, so, yeah. And I think, I was guessing it was home and away and there was a mixture of the two kits. So the white and green was mm. the home kit and the black and green was the away kit. That's what I was guessing. But I just think it's odd when you... I, but I always thought it was a rule. You, everyone had to wear the same. Yeah, I think, basically, I think it's just a mix of kits. You know, like some seasons you have a certain kit 
yeah. and probably don't have enough of that kit. So you go back to last season's kit. Yeah. Probably last season's colorway was green and black, and then this season was um, green and white. Green and white. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's a, a, an amazing segue, Mark, because the Ports of Fury did have a uh, red and orange kit at one point. You know, courtesy of Ema. Red and orange, or orange and red. Hilarious. <laughs> orange and red. I thought it was red and black. He knows. He knows. He knows what I'm going to say. But I think this is probably one of the very first, I think this was the very first kit like you got a supplier to do. Like, I mean, this is yeah. going back 20 years, isn't it? 20 years? What? Is it, really? It's got to be. Stop it. Nah, don't say It's got to be. No, I want to say. I refuse to think. Don't, no, don't calculate it. No, I think I 2006, 2007. 20 years is too much. So of this was, I think you were trying to get suppliers for kits. Yeah. And you went, I'm going to try these supplies. And I said, and we wanted a Chicago Bulls red kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did my ACL 2006 and I wasn't playing 2006, 2007, etc. And you got the kit 2007, I think. Oh, really? 2007, it's a long time ago. Well, but can you make you, you know this saga? So it's, not tw- it's not 20 years ago. Because it was the Black Fury kit before that. And then we before, all, that, we always wore, before that, the blue one. Yeah, it was the black. One. It's, it's, it's always black, but then we got this dark. Well, Except we were going for the Chicago Bulls. Bulls red. We were going to change it to Chicago Bulls red and Carolina blue. Yeah. And um, it just, turned... just to say, it wasn't 20 years. It was like probably 16 years. Oh, yeah, 17, 16. Years, yeah. Yeah, so 20 years too. Um, <laughs> he refuses but to age. This, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the yeah. kit turned up. And you know what? It, it was, I mean, I, I still don't say it's orange. It's just one you that... You know when you've been tangled. It, it trans... <laughs> Like, you know, the one thing that irritated me is refs would be like, right, blue's that way, orange is that way. I'm like, it's, it's red. Red, ref. Hey, like, I remember I argued the fact that it was red. But it was a type of red. It was a shade of red. But then, like, yeah. The one, when you, like Mark said, if you put it towards a red, it looked orange. I, I, my Andrew was so annoyed. So, He's like, <laughs> for those who hadn't seen the kit, we'll get a picture out, we'll put it on Instagram. But for those who haven't seen it, it was darker than the Oklahoma orange. It wasn't the orange, like an Oklahoma it wasn't orange. orange. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was. It was. It's similar like that. Is that red or is when that you orange? See it, similar. Sometimes you see reds and they've got like a, a pink tinge in them and you think, oh, it's kind of a pinky red. This was an orangey red, wasn't it? And they're, yeah. they're what I was saying off just before to E-Man, there was um, Nike did a foam posit shoe and they called it Volcano Red. And it's that kind of color. If you think Similar of lava, thing. it's like red and orange or mixed. It's not, when you put it next to red, you go, oh, it's orange. But then if you put it on its own, it's like, that's red. That's, that was the kind of thing. Whereas the bulls is almost fire engine red, isn't it? Or to blood red, depending uh, on the kit. It's, it's red. Like looking at these pictures, that's I'm on Instagram. Like if you, if you actually, I'll say, it would be nice to get a poll out. Go on your podcast. Oh, yeah. So we're still like, wearing that kitty, man. Yeah, you're still wearing the kit. Yeah. yeah. We're still wearing it. it I it. think because we got, I think we ordered like 20, 25 jerseys or something off you. So And now the players are just realizing it's we a are running out. <laughs> <laughs> we are running out, though. We are running out. Yeah, I think I we're down to 12 about. numbers, maybe. Well, really? Good news is that because of the podcast, um, the amount of equipment and people who are making kits that contact us on a regular basis hey we, we make basketball kits do you want to buy one no we don't run a team we do a podcast well yeah but we'll do a kit for you uh 
What, re for free? No. They'd, I don't know. They just constant every single if week. If there's anyone out there who would like to do a kit, I will do an honest critique of that kit, the Fury. And if it's amazing, I'll say everyone get your kits from this company. What color? What? What? Yeah, okay, we'll do that. I'll put that out. It's got to. It's got to be black. If we're going to get another kit, it's got to be black. Fury. I'd, I'd be shocked if oh, Andrew the, didn't say black. You used to have a black kit, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. Well, we were always black and white, and then the original color was blue, so we were going to go back to blue. What happened to red? Why did red come into the picture? Um, uh, it was the. It was because we had the, the black and white was the original one, and then it went to we had the white kits with the club approach bit on it, the white with the silver down the side, then we had the blue club approach kits that were itchy as hell, those really wide shoulders as well. Yeah, I'm shoulder pads, those ones. Then we had the black kit, which was the nice, that the, was the night drive. The Nike one. one, yeah. Yeah, that and was had, the nice one. They had the white version of that as well. And then there was the white version of that, but the fist on Fury, the Fury was red, wasn't it? It was red writing. It was yeah, white. Yeah, there was red, and it was, it, I think there was red trim. There was that was it. The it. white kit had blue and red trim. Yeah. And that's what it was going to turn into, those two colours. I'm going to say something controversial now. We had that red kit and we were playing the Solent Kestrels when they were in local league and they weren't wearing red in those days. <laughs> so I think we inspired their um, uh, their home kit colours, red and black. So they play in orange. That was our, we were red and black and Kestrels went red and black. <laughs> so, yeah, so Kestrels were the blue, blue and yellow, right? No. Smugglers was, you know, blue and yellow. We were yellow and blue. What's Kestrels? They're, they're red. Or what, in those days? In those days, yeah. No idea. They're, but they oh, no, it was yellow. It was yellow. I remember I had the kit, salt kestrels, yellow, yellow and blue. Yeah, it was yellow and blue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that was a bit like the smugglers kit. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I, I was getting confused what you were saying then. So you yeah. agree? So we, we, there's potential agreement there that the Fury were wearing red and black, <laughs> and then when they transitioned to National League, they went red and black. Look, I mean, the Ports of Fury are, you know, insp inspirational. <laughs> no, I don't like to all put over the, Fury the south down, coast. But then, like. If the Fury, if you were saying Fury was red and orange, they would have gone orange, right? I think they probably heard so it was about, red. They heard about the it was actually oh, red. Paul, they are went. you actually saying it was red? They. <laughs> it depends on what was colours were behind. They might have seen it and gone, yeah. It does look red in those pictures, though. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. But this was a very heated debate between me and Eman sixteen was, years ago. I remember that was. Oh, so yeah, Eman is orange. <laughs> It was a tense situation in our friendship. Now, E-Man, <laughs> e at this point, did you realise that Paul is partially colourblind as well? I, I, no, at the time, yeah. I, I knew. I said he was colourblind. <laughs> Andrew was the one saying, look, this is an orange kit. You know yeah. what Andrew's like. He's, uh, that's my brother. He's oh, yeah, got, he yeah, has yeah. a vision and he, he likes to that's not see it. that vision. No. I, look, regardless, the curtain looks nice. No, it is. And this is 17 years old, so it's done right. It's done the rounds. Look, wow. look, that was your first kit, and it's still being worn 16 years yeah. later. So, yeah, something yeah. went right. Yeah. Something went. No, right. actually, no, that wasn't my first kit. My first kit was a smuggler's kit. I mean, we remember the one, the one with the pirate. Oh yeah, the quite a large one was yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was but a with kit. it's that wasn't too bad. <laughs> that, that was a horrible. That was because, one of my favourites. That no, one because like. It was it's it was like embroidered the pirate on the front. Uh, and when I used to play with it, itchy. if I didn't have a base layer underneath, mm. it was like so itchy, it was so good. Yeah. yeah. No, but I, as far as looking at the kit, that was one of my favourite smuggler yeah, ones. Nice. It was shiny, it was, was it? It was like shiny. It was a mix between the shiny and matte. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I just I just remember the big logo. That was my favourite smugglers one that yeah. was. But so that there you're two 
the two kits and one of them is still around 16 years later. Yeah. So, E-Man, Fury. Yep. What's going on with Fury? You were a big man number six for the Fury. I don't know about big man. But I, uh, I think think you came into the team just after um the legendary fury walkthrough where we you know changed the mcdonald's that was early international policy on walking through the drive i missed out on that um (laughs) but yeah i think you were part of that squad that we did the double that year weren't you i think so yeah you got your trophy i got my trophy your trophy over there that you won that year Um, yeah unfortunately didn't make it too well in the flight yeah we're gonna have to get some glue on that. I need to claim Couple. claim claim insurance and the trophy. Someone say that's irreplaceable. It's, no, timeless. What, what's the year on that mark? I can see a, a year on the mark. I think bottom. it's two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Yeah. It's a fourteen-year-old trophy. Nine. That says something about Eman's thoughts with the Ports of Fury. He's got a trophy, fourteen years old. I do. That is that trophy is older than some of the. Players. Players and yeah. the Portsmouth setup, but not as old as the kit. No, I mean that, that I I remember playing against E Man and my lasting memory of always playing against you. And I don't I'm been trying to work out how to rephrase this. And he's drinking, so I'll say it. He was so hard all the time. Pause. Like you, yeah, just you're solid. Like you, you couldn't back into you. You couldn't do. And I, I played like low, but you just were just a solid player. Like your your footing was solid, and you just backed into you. It's like I can't do anything I, with him. I think the word is pure muscle. Yeah, it was. But he was absolutely. It was like a brick wall. Yeah, it just, pure you muscle. couldn't. It's like oh for god, and, and it would like hurt. You just go. Oh. I'm gonna get an earbone. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was like pushing a wall. Yeah, you'd be like just, that. You were absolutely. So it's like, oh man. Well, you, you try pushing, and nothing was happening. You're like, why are you moving? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it would just be like, if I'm if I'm gonna bump in, I'm gonna get hurt. He's just gonna still stand there, and I'm gonna get no further forward. I'll waste a dribble. Like, oh, no, that was like that was so annoying for me because like in national league, especially, and, and actually all the leagues I played because I played quite big. Yeah. And um, like, I used to get called on fouls all the time because like players would run into me and bump into me, and they'll kind of literally fall over. Yeah. And a ref because I'm not flopping for a charge, mm. and the guy with the ball is literally falling over. Like I'll get called for a blocking foul, really. And then I think there was some cases I really had to kind of protest at the referee. I was like, Yo, he's just he's tiny, and you're giving him the advantage over me. I'm just and then I start to get pissed off about that. Really, situation. I, really. Honestly, it's the last in memory of, pl- of playing with you. It's just you were just absolutely solid, and it's oh, it's like because I I wasn't an offensive player, I was always more defensive. It's oh for God's sake, I'm not going to get anywhere here. So it was just a case of like fighting my battles and, and trying to get you into a space where you could just get rid of the ball. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely solid player. <laughs> so, Eaty man, what any any favorite stories from the Fury? Oh, you know that's putting you on the spot. That one, isn't it? it is any like, any favourite stories? Big big moments. I'd scratch my my memory. Fury, fury, fury. Did you play the same role in each team that you played? Yeah, pretty much. I think yeah. he was smugglers and furies. Definitely, just big same man. Four yeah. download four. Four, yeah. Occasionally five. 
Okay. Yeah, four. Loads of memories. The only memory I really think about Fury was not really with the games. It's like after training, when we had like, we will train for like for like an hour. We finished training at nine, and then we're like hanging out outside Fratton Community Centre for another another hour. Another hour. That was lucky. <laughs> whatever, like two, three hours, just chatting about. Yeah. I don't know what we were chatting about. Really. That's that's my brother. Yeah, that's your he brother just... Andy. Waffle, he could talk for England. He should be, he should, I say this to him, he should be in sales 100%. Right. He yeah. should be in sales. That's that's what I remember. I remember every like there'll be a big group of us outside, yeah, and people will slowly like sneak up. Yeah, Paul kind of knew what was going on. He was just like, Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> but the, the like, even like the, even the the venue, they're, they're shutting it up, they've closed, Fratton, they've yeah. gone off, they've locked the doors, they, they literally kicked us out, Yeah. then locked the doors and left, yeah. and we're still standing we're there in a couple for another there. hour. Yeah. Like the neighbours around there must have been like, yeah. go away. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it was as much a community. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, a team spirit, is, yeah. which is a nice thing to see. That's yeah. the one thing I've always thought of the Fury, that ha- what Fury had over every other club in Portsmouth was mm. the social side of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, like, whoever it was, the smugglers, you turn up, play, Silla, Silla, yeah, make, bye, was, done. Yeah. Um, all of it. Whereas the Fury, it was, I know it's really cliche, but it was a bit more of a family. Yeah, it was. So yeah. we were going out in the evenings, like, you know, I mean, going back in, geez, in those years, yeah, we were going out. Yeah, we, we were going were, out most. Let's get showered and get out. Like the, mm. you know, in the weekends, the Fury would be going out. Um, See E-Man down there with a zoo, <laughs> busting some moves on the dance floor <laughs> in the union. And then, um, oh, and at <laughs> Christmas we were going out for meals as well, <laughs> weren't we? Christmas yeah. we were going yes. out for meals, yeah. getting Mickey Byrne down there. Shame about Mickey Byrne. Yeah. yeah. Any um, any any memories, nice stories about Mick? Nice stories about Mick. You know what? There's a few. Like uh, Mick, um, rest his soul. Like, yeah, he pissed me off a lot. Like, but the thing is, like, he was so passionate about the game, really. And like, I really understood. Like, he he had his vision, like, of what he wanted Portsmouth basketball to be, and I respected that a lot. Um, but I say he pissed me off a lot. But then there'll be times where, like, he would just show like massive act of kindness already towards kind of what I was doing he understood what I tried to do really especially with the kids and everything else and he really welcomed when we played division two division yeah division two for smugglers national league he really welcomed the idea with the kids and the schools and everything else and he was always asking how it's going really and um and I remember I think he took me to coaching courses as well he really helped me get my level was it my level one at the time no, 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 I had my level one. No, level two. Like, wow. finalised my level two coaching course. Oh, nice. Really. So I remember me and him, like, we drove to Southampton a couple of weeks really to do that. And that's, I think that was held at Solent University. So I, I look back and little moments like that and I'm just like, like, even though, because you know how it was like when it was coaching. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was one of those make or break, break moments, really. And I, I think I, I took it to a certain extent. And like to, like, you know, when someone just shouts all the time, I think we talked about this the other day, it's like, when someone just keeps shouting and shouting and shouting and they're just shouting for no reason, I kind of got fed up with that, really. And I was just like, come on, Mick. Like, fine, whatever, really. But then outside of that, outside the court, like the game situation, like he genuinely wanted to kind of help people, really. And that's what I, I think I take a lot from kind of 
mixed attitude towards that really like um i heard on your podcast like how the fact people didn't pay for national league yeah it's like yeah um, i remember that session when leon came up with the money well, I'm I glad someone that. remembers it. I remember yeah. that session. That was yeah. uh, because we had training at Portsmouth College, was it? It's Portsmouth College, yeah, yeah. yeah. We had training at Portsmouth College, and Vic was like the training before. He was like, yeah. It was like 550 or pay. something like that he gave them, didn't he? <laughs> and just came up with a wad of cash. And everyone was like, huh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he was like, I'm starting next game. Yeah. If I do this, I'm still. I wonder if Probably. He, he, he must have subbed him in uh, early. <laughs> <laughs> Leon, you've been playing well. Get in there. <laughs> You were great at practice when you gave me that 500 quid. Get in there. Oh, mate. I mean, he lived basketball, didn't he? That was the thing. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. And the thing is, he, he wanted it um, He wanted it accessible to all as well. Like, yeah. he wanted to build a team and wanted, like, if he felt that you should be in the team, he tried to get you in the team and tried to make sure that you didn't have to struggle or didn't have to, mm. what's the word, you didn't have to um, kind of, Try to remove the barriers. Yeah, so the opportunity yeah. you yeah, could actually embrace it. I yeah. see. You didn't have to hop over hurdles to try to play for the team. It was like, yeah, you're in. You're in. Yeah. He'll deal with everything in the background, really. And I only started to appreciate that when I went to Chichester, and I was coaching the national league team there. And, he, well, and that's when we were linked with Worth and Thunder. And then I realised the work that actually takes to actually do the administration behind all the players. Yeah, and I don't think Mick had any assistance at all. I think he did everything on his own, really. So when I saw like what I just there was like two, three of us that was doing the administration, and it was kind of a little bit, it was it was, it was a little bit of work, really. And then I realized like, yo, Mick did all this for all these players coming in, really on his own, financed it, kind of made sure their licenses were on time, like, like that was, yeah. Kind of just made me kind of appreciate what he did a lot more so in the moment i wasn't really appreciating it until i took a step back and yeah. looked back and i was just like yo yeah this i think it, i almost want to say i mean mick was always um i, I would say a double-edged sword like mm. where he could be ruthless oh, to yeah. you but he was all for just to me personally it was like the 90 percent was always the kindness and it was only when I was playing against him, that's when the ruthlessness turned up. <laughs> and he'd be like, yeah. he'd come up with some random rule about the court and you're now working on the court, trying to do something to resolve this rule rather than warm up for the game where you're about to play in. It was all psychology. Yeah. It was all, it was Mick all took psychology games. to another level. Yeah, 100%. He, he was doing that because he knew he could do it. <laughs> and you were like, damn, I don't have the noise to question that. He's probably right. I've got to fix that. And he's sitting there thinking, dance monkey, come on, I'm making you do this. You go do that. And it, it didn't matter to, to, to address that, but you're like, I've got to address it because I'm not giving him the edge. I've got, but he's already got it. I've got a great example of how he did that. So Fury would play smugglers. And I'd have asked him the week before, Mick, can we use your scoreboard, please? And he'd go, yeah, no problems. I remember that. And then you turn up that. for the game and... And he'd be sitting there, yeah, ready to coach. Where's, where's the scoreboard? Good out. Where's the scoreboard? Like, I don't know, Mick. Where, where is it? You said we could use yours. No, I didn't. And you go, are you asking me to get a scoreboard for you then? I went, well, I asked you last week. Is that okay? And he's like, no. And you're like, you go, well, we will just take the game 20 nil. And you'd be like, <laughs> however, however, as I got older, I worked out with Mick. If you put the front on like you didn't care the i don't i don't want to say the word but it wasn't power the power he had 
ha- lost its effect. So we'd go, mm. 20, okay, sure, mate, you can have the 20 nil. Do you want to play anyway? Yeah. <laughs> and he'd go, I'll yeah. go get the scoreboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, or one year, what I did, I went and bought a scoreboard. Yeah. I went and bought a scoreboard and went, to, and didn't say anything. And he was like, good Al, you uh, want a scoreboard? No, Mick, I've got mine down there. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. And he's like, oh, all right. But, um, but yeah, he oh, was... Oh, he could have told me. We'll have to go. It's out of the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. It would have been something if he'd but gone there was, yeah. there was always something. And again, it was just because just he was a competitor, he just wanted to win. Yeah. I think. Ferocious. I think National League, ferocious. The thing is, people just have that attitude, really. And the thing is, um, Mick was... Um, he didn't really beat beat around the bush, really. He was very direct. Like he said, that like it could be very harsh, or it could be like very kind of kind. And there was no kind of trying to mask or make people feel nice really about it. Really, he was like, if he didn't yeah. like anything, he'll say it. And that's I grew to kind of understand that and respect that a lot. Mm. Really, maybe the method he went around it was questionable sometimes. As, but as, it's the man. It's almost managing his time in a way, isn't it? Mm. It's like that's not working. Move on. As, as a player, I preferred that. Yeah, like you, you knew where yeah. you stood, oh, yeah. so Absolutely. he he would he would turn around to you and be like, "Good out, you've been playing shit at practice." I only swear for historical accuracy. Mm. Um, so you're not you're not <laughs> you, you're not you're not playing next, you're not playing next game. And you go, "All right, okay, mate." You think I've just been cut here? Mm. Jeez! And you get and you'd be thinking next practice, right? I need to step up yeah. next practice. Mm. I remember he said that to me. And the next practice, I went for Clayton Milner. Oh, really? I just thought, I, I, I thought I'm picking one of the starting <laughs> fire. I'm going for you. Yeah. How, how did that end up for you? Oh, well, uh, I got back in the team. Okay. Got back in the team, but I don't know why I went for Clayton. Not not, not physically, but like no, no, I was just really playing hard on Clayton. Clayton was like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Clayton's just chilled out as me as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like a great player. Yeah. Great player. But at that point, you made about Mick about like not really caring and stuff. Like I remember one game after Mountbatten, like I was having it was one of my best games of the season because I, I didn't really start. I was more of a role player, but I ended up scoring like I think um, I don't know probably like fifteen points a game, really. And Mick came up to me after the game, and you know when you walk out the court at Mountbatten, you've got the vending machines, and I was just there, just kind of that's next to the locker room. And Mick came up to me and was like, yeah, oh, you played a good game today. I was like, I was like literally shocked. <laughs> All season has been having a go at me. It's like, yo, you played a good game today. And I didn't really know what to say. I was like, cheers, Mick. That's it. <laughs> literally you just like yeah. really monotone. Yeah, cheers, Mick. But in my head, I was like, what the hell is going on? Like literally. And then like, I think after that, like that's, I think we kind of got like some type of like, relationship like it was a little bit softer after that wow really i I remember that moment like i just didn't really know how to react to that because all season he's been like hey man do that you know like yeah like get back on defense why are you doing that i'm like (laughs) yeah you know what i just he, he did give me a compliment once you know what mick is like with referees so every time a referee is refereeing his game, they're terrible, absolutely terrible. And he's, and I refed, and this was one of my first refing local league div one. I refed smugglers and I don't know who they were playing, mm. and refed it. It was okay. And um, he said he sat <laughs> sat down at the end of the game, and I was I just putting a jacket on or shoes or something like that. He went, good out. 
yeah, mate. He goes, you weren't shit today. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I only swear for historical accuracy. And I was like, all right. Um, thanks, Mick. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> totally. yeah, appreciate it. I was like, I'll take that as a compliment. And he went, yeah. <laughs> See you later. Yeah, Neither but, was um, your team, Mick. Thanks very much. Oh, wow. Mate. Yeah. But that, 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 hey, Mick said that to you. That was a compliment. That is a character. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Mick Van, like, yeah, rest in peace, Mick. So, like, I, yeah, I was really gutted I couldn't make it over to the Memorial game. Um, yeah, I would have loved to be it there. A, it was a nice game. Yeah, it I was heard. a nice game. And I know other we, than the fact that Kestrel's won, but other than that, it was a nice yeah, game. Yeah, you were getting all excited about that. We, we <laughs> it's funny because we, when we had, I mean, Ryan afterwards talking about it as well. And you know, from I want to say Kestrel's perspective, I bet it was like it's really appreciative that you can, you can look and see. There's a lot of people here who had had that experience with Mick, mm. and because he'd just been. Yeah, it was around. It just been around the yeah. whole thing. It was just wherever you went in, uh, whether it was in Saba or, or mm. when that sort of those sort of leagues. Oh, I mean, it was, look, it was just, on BE. They were talking about on BE and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. look, it was all over the country. Yeah, you know, people. Fingers. Mick, Mick was the guy you went to. Yeah. Like, if you needed any information, yeah. you went to. Like even I remember uh, Simon like went to Mick. Really, like I'm, <laughs> this is the time where um, I was like, um, yeah, I was wasn't really getting on with Mick, and Simon was like. Uh, yeah, when you start the girls thing, like you need to get Mick's permission to use the portal thing. I was like, just use it. Like, don't need to ask Mick. Just do <laughs> just, it. Just, just do it. <laughs> see what Mick says, really. <laughs> but then, like, he told me he went to see Mick, and he said Mick was like, yeah, really nice. He said, yeah, whatever you need and this and that. And I was just like, yeah, that. Yeah, I was just, just wait, wait for it, wait yeah, for it. Because <laughs> I was waiting, I was just like, yeah, and <laughs> you're just waiting for the, the yeah, sword where's to the turn. Catch? Aren't yeah, you? yeah, where exactly. is it? But then, at the end of the day, like. He's the guy, like, if you wanted to get something started in Portsmouth mm. or you just wanted advice on how to do things, really, um, it was nice to have that person, that one person to go to. Yeah. Really. Can I ask, I, I don't know if this is a silly question, but based on your experience with Mick and all your history, mm. um, has his coaching style affected how your coaching style is? Um... Like very vocal, very aggressive, unless you're up by thirty. <laughs> As that, that's kind of how I remember Mick. If if if, if you're up by thirty, it was Saturday nice. Yeah, good game. Yeah, he was like that. But anything else is bloody hell. Come on, like everything. I think. Come to think about it, if I'm looking back right now, yeah, I can be quite active on the sideline, and I think Mick was the only coach that was quite active, not like active and vocally really uh, when things were going wrong maybe <laughs> but then like um, looking back at my coaching especially when I was coaching um, National League in Chichester it was like um, yeah I'm there like, literally just sh not shouting at the players but literally being very vocal on offense and defense really and um, I think that's what I got from Mick it's just knowing how to no, not knowing how to yeah just being vocal so knowing that the players um, knew that you were the coach that was his style that I took I don't know whether it, whether it's a good thing or not, um, but then that's what I took from that. Really, um, with regards to tactics and things, Mick just ran certain plays like all the time. He he, he stuck very simple, wasn't oh, it? I can't remember those plays. I like think he had um, you had it was three D or man. Three D man and off on defense. Usually, and the offense was the one on the baseline. What was that called? 
I don't know what the name is, but I know the part. Yeah. I can run it in my just, sleep. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. That, so. The point guard, you're making a pass and you're running all the way down the baseline the for one. the three. That yeah, one. That's, yeah, yeah. That one. I don't know what you cut. I don't know. What, what, did we have a name for it? Yeah, we had a name for it. And okay. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But then the thing is, he just stuck with those. He wasn't really, he didn't want to innovate from anything else. Yeah. Really, he just really stuck with that. And it, it worked if people knew yeah. how to run it. I mean, the only thing I would say with that, with that team in particular, you had players like Ryan Payne, mm. Clayton Milner, mm. Andy Ong, yeah. Harry Vesey, now Alex Byrne. Like, those five players... Do you need plays like um, you know yeah. they're, they're I mean they're so, uh, that just those five uh, and the experience they got. What have you got here, man? He is unrolling so, something is being unraveled. He's unraveling a scroll. Hold on, right? Oh, it's a photo. This, like remember that season? Like this was the season, our big season, like when we, all the schools projects and everything was kicking off, and we had loads of people coming to the games. This yeah. is smugglers. So I made a little montage at the end, and I gave it to all the players. I asked all the players to sign. Can you remember that? No. You really can't? No. No, I can't remember this. So this, this is something that has to go on the frame. And I can't find the original. So wow. Should. Division 4 champions. So all the players in Division 4 when we, when we were champions, we signed this. You see, it's got everybody's signature on the team. So Alex Byrne with a cup there. Oh, I'm man, looking for cool. my signature, man. That's amazing. Where are you, Paul? You're somewhere. Uh, email, I'm not on it. Oh, Paul, did you? No, I think you must have played the season after. No, I'm there. Is that you? That's me, yeah. Nah, that's not you. That's a little young Paul. Yeah. What? I've even got the same haircut. <laughs> Just less hair. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, so Matt Bates was doing some coaching for yeah, you as Matt well. Yeah, Matt Bates was doing Oh, coaching. brilliant. Yeah. So Matt Bates was coaching. Simon was coaching. This was when we won the Solent area with smugglers. So this Eman's, it's like a montage of all the different teams put together. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, look. The th there's um, what's it? What's his name again? Leon. Leon Bailey. Leon Bailey. Yeah. So he, he was the one who like this. That's the season he turned up with Mick. Yeah. Um, with a 550 yeah. quid, and uh, was this the f this the stuff the warm up tops that we got on there? Is yeah. that from Rising Ballers? Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, yeah, I remember Harry that. Bates wore that. Um, sorry, I said those six players. Steve Davison yeah, in there as well. In there as well. Like you got those six players, you don't need to worry too much about plays. Um, but yeah, these tops are great. Yeah, the tracksuits. These tops were great. Remember, we went to Manchester for the uh, was it the, fi it was the final, cup. summer front the cup final? No, it's the final. It was final, against yeah. Brixton. I, I don't know what final it was. It was like the BBL Cup or something or plate or tray or something like that. That's the kit that Harry was referencing when he walked past with his yellow shorts on when it's like the smugglers kit. Yeah. Because they had the yellow cuts in the well, back, that, underneath the that shorts. That top, yeah. Harry Bates had one and that's the top he wore for the memorial game. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So that must have belonged to Matt Bates then because Matt Bates had the top. 12 players, yeah. yeah full, yeah. full squad. Squad there. This was the same year we had the local league. I think we won the local league as well. That's Division One. <laughs> now look, that and now this, this is Mick. Okay. This is this is Mick's influence. Look at that National League team. There is not much difference between <laughs> his National League team hang on. and his local league. Hang team. on, hang on. This is even 
That's why I feel for Bournemouth Bears because they were trying to win that local league and Mick was playing the National League team. <laughs> but they weren't far off the National League team. They probably were, actually. There's something even rarer than this. What? That's the Mick pose in the photo. What's this one? Wow. He's got his thumb up. Hold on. No. That's a smile. <laughs> smiling. That is a smile. Wow. You got a smiling photo. Every you guys must have played well was, that day. He was so happy. I remember that. He was so happy. He has yeah. the... It was like the, you know, when you have the politician's face or anything, and he was just like, we're just going to have a photo, and he'd just be standing there like, oh, wow, that's Chris Watson. Is it Watson? Chris Watson. Oh, Chris Watson, yeah. Yeah, big power forward there. I Don't. mean, that that is a, a ferocious local league team. Yeah, local league. That's Andy ridiculous. Andy just... Chris Wat Watson. That is ridiculous. Is that uh, Steve Davison? Uh, hang on, I can't see these players. Got to get your glasses. You said you're going to bring your glasses to the studio. I can't see who that is. Luke Sanders. Yeah, Luke Sanders as well. I think that's wow. where that's just break up. Yeah, this was another one I found on my. They say he's not really smiling. Yeah. Wow. And this was the year before that. Is he smiling in this one? I don't think so. That's like Gary Hughes. This role. this was the start of the National League team. That I remember. I felt it was. That was, was there. Wow. The the Hughes brothers, that was the start of Mick yeah. going National League. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think... Yeah, Chris Watson, Andy Young, yeah. I Chambers. want to say that it was a few years. Chris Watson, what a player he was. He's I think he's coaching in Portsmouth now. He's got like a, a team in Portsmouth. They're doing all right. They're okay. doing all right. He's doing a really good job down there. Oh, um, from what I've heard, local yeah. League? Um, yeah, it must be local league. Yeah, yeah, local league. Yeah, yeah. You can just tell that's Matt Patton as well. Just like yeah, it's Matt Patton, yeah. That, <laughs> that brutal fall. <laughs> brutal. Can you remember that guy headbutting the floor? That floor. His teeth falling out. Were that, you there that one? That floor is the E-man floor. That's the equivalent. It's you as a floor. It's just unforgiving oh, and wow. it's solid. No, I'm going to take it as a compliment. Oh, yeah, I'm going to take George. teeth out. <laughs> was it George? Oh, yeah, little George. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen him in years. In like 10 years. And look, this is a really valid point. I'm not going to say this player's name, but this guy here, don't say his name. Don't okay. say his name. But he was in the National League team, and his biggest yes. problem was minutes. Can you remember that? He was always moaning, I need more minutes, I need more minutes, I need more minutes. And it was his downfall. He ended up, like, out of the National League team because he was just like, oh, I need to play, I need to play. But it was just like, you know, when you come on for a brick and then he was turn over... He um, wasn't that bad. But, yeah, but that, that's the only chance you got with he Mick. Was, it was like, you come on, you got a minute. In that team, Mick had his, like, I'd say, I almost want to say there was, like, four guys who pretty much weren't coming off unless you're up by 20 or 30. Mm. And so the rest of the squad, the, others were, the other seven, through, yeah. were going through that one spot. And if yeah, someone was on true. fire... That's true. He played that spot, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I just remember he always moaned about court time. It's but like, you're not doing yourself a favour there. But local league, he shot the lights out. Yeah? Yeah, he was. Yeah, lights out local league. There, there's just a difference in step up though sometimes, isn't there? Yeah. He played in the Solent Stars as well. And again, when I went into Solent Stars, I just targeted one person. I thought, right, who's on this team up? Bam, targeted him. So we always clashed quite a bit. Even in local league, that spilled in local league uh. <laughs> when we were playing each other. <laughs> You clashing with people? Uh, no. But um, so. I can't imagine. Yeah, no. look, 
uh, one of the Teasdales, Craig Teasdale yeah. there. Um, I mean, those were the days. Oh, oh yeah. God, look, 2007, 2008. Yeah. So we had just won something. What what, is, what have we just won, National League? Do you know? This is uh, the Division Div 4. Div 4? Yeah, this is Div 4. We started off at Div 4, then we won Div 3. Yeah, there was four divisions the then, weren't after, there? Yeah. After that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Email. thanks for showing that. Yeah, so... That's very cool. I'm going to try uh, pull it on online, like make it like a proper... Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like each team got like a B signature there. Wow. Got oh. all the player signatures. Ryan Payne. Actually, everyone is here. Even Matty Bates. Yeah, everyone. Other everyone. than other than uh, just one person. Well, Everyone's there. Well, Anna, you're <laughs> must, you must be somewhere, Paul. We just need to find it. You can't even remember doing it. So I can't. No, I, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't think I did this. I was number fourteen. Number fourteen, wasn't it? Everyone put their number next to their thing. I was always fourteen. National League. No, fourteen, e man. Nine. 15, I can't sign it now because it would affect its historical accuracy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. Start, mate. Shocked. You missed out on history. He didn't. He didn't get the signature. I was probably page, signing right? something else for some kids or something. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what it was. That's probably, yeah. that's probably what it was. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. That is the end of this part. But do not worry, because coming soon is the second part of this episode and it will be available soon.